You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. Welcome into the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You're joined by thousands of photographers listening to the show who are on the same journey to master their photography. I'm Jeff Harmon, the host for this episode. And in this episode, I'm going to cover something that's, I think it should be really important to a lot of photographers, but for some strange reason, seems completely unimportant to many camera manufacturers. So <laughs> I want to talk about shutter count in this episode. Specifically, let's let's define what shutter count is. Um, it's 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 better named shutter actuation count, which is a, a kind of a geeky or nerdy way to be able to talk about it. But it, it what we're talking about is the event that takes place every time you press down that shutter button. You're actuating the shutter. And it's a good word for it because you are initiating a mechanical process most of the time. <laughs> and and uh, there's a mechanical shutter inside your camera. Even mirrorless cameras, it, all the cameras have a mechanical shutter inside of it. And it so that the actuation is a good word for it because it's the sequence of events that is amazing to me about that, that about how it works. It is it is crazy to me that it works at all. But let's let's go through kind of what the general process is that we're talking about here when you press the shutter button and and what we're talking about. So a, a shutter actuation is you press the shutter button, right? And that signals to the camera that that trips the shutter on the camera to take a photo. We, we all, I mean, we do this all the time, right? On a mirror camera, a DSLR, the first step when you press that shutter button is to flip the mirror up, which is a mechanical process right there, right? There are mechanical pieces involved in flipping that mirror up. Then the shutter triggers, which is actually two curtains. And so the first curtain drops, your exposure happens, the second curtain drops. Those are both mechanical pieces as well. Those are both things that the camera has to control, physical hardware things that is astounding that it even works. And then the final step on a, on a DSLR is the mirror has to flip back down again. On a mirrorless camera, everything's the same except for the mirror. There's no mirror to flip up and down, but you still have the first and second curtains and uh, and that's those are still mechanical hardware components, and that there it's it's literally amazing to me that we have accomplished engineering to the point where this even works. I just can't I can't even believe it. In fact, there's there's a YouTube video that will be in the show notes that you you really have to go and check out. Um, it's uh it's a YouTube video from the slow mo guys on YouTube who do a whole bunch of like slow motion capture of of things. And one of the things they did was inside a camera at ten thousand frames a second. They happen to do it on a Canon DSLR camera, but you should go check it out if you've never seen this. It's amazing to be able to see this slowed down to, at ten thousand frames a second. What is going on inside your camera? I am literally amazed this ever works <laughs> at all by seeing that we have it's an engineering feat to me that we have been able to create a me a mechanism inside of a camera so precise that this even works. I just am dumbfounded by it. We have some really smart people in this world, thank goodness, that have made all of this go. But like anything 
man-made, any mechanical thing, it's going to fail at some point. It, it can only do this so many times. And when you watch that, if you go watch that video, you'll you'll see like there's a certain amount of stress being placed on this mechanism, this shutter mechanism inside the camera every time you press that shutter button. And there's different ratings and not all shutters inside the cameras are created equal. They um, they are they have different ratings about how many actuations is kind of the engineering level term of this, but you know, how many times that shutter can actually open and close or in most cameras, it's the curtains, that first curtain dropping and the second curtain dropping for that precise thing that has to happen and to, to maintain the precision that's required for that to happen. Every shutter actuation, there's a little stress being placed on that system on those hardware pieces and they're going to fail. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. It's a man-made hardware device. It will fail. There's there's no shutter in any camera that will last forever. It's just physically impossible. Now, th- so the, these ratings. Um, a lot of the camera manufacturers will publish when they release a camera the ratings about how many shutter actuations that shutter inside that camera that and it's, it's model-specific will support. And th- but this isn't... Uh, these aren't numbers where it means like you only get this many shutter actuations and then it's done. This is all based on kind of like engineering testing that takes place as they build the shutters and they, they come up with a, a mean time before failure number. So these numbers are supposed to be like on average, if you have millions of cameras <laughs> that you were studying and Mar and, and, and you kind of uh, you noted the number that it reached when the shutter finally failed, the shutter mechanism finally stopped being precise, uh, like it has to be for it to function properly, um, then these numbers would be there. Kind of on average, this is where it would be. But it, it there's there's some some shutters, of course, that would fail early. That's how everything works that we make. There's going to be some manufacturing flaws, perhaps, or something that happened where the shutter doesn't make it as long as it's supposed to. They'll die early. Same uh, on the other end, though. There's some, uh, and it seems like from what I have seen as I've spent a ton of time researching this over the last few weeks, that most of them actually go well beyond the average. And and it makes sense as a manufacturer is putting a number down in there they might want to fudge it a little bit on the like short end rather than saying, yeah, we think it'll get all the way to, you know, this, this value. Um, it may even be the case. I could see that happening where the engineers would be like, okay, here's, here's where we think it'll be. And the manufacturers uh, like, you know, the, the executives or whatever, they may say like, yeah, we're not going to tell them that <laughs> we're going to, we're going to lower expectations. And so that people are happy that they get the number of shutter actuations out of their camera well beyond these numbers. So, Whatever it is, there are some published numbers for a lot of cameras. And let me just give you a few. I'm going to tell you some of the um, the most common models of cameras here in 2020. What the shutter lifespan is from the manufacturers on a, some models. So we have, uh, in just to note, I couldn't find numbers for the, others, the other brands like uh, Olympus, Panasonic, and Fuji. I couldn't find numbers for them. Uh, they must not publish them, or I just didn't know, couldn't find them. But I, I didn't really see it anywhere either. Here, I would just assume 
that you kind of have a similar sort of number from those manufacturers too. They, they they all seem very close together or very that like their ratings are are similar. So here's some some different models. The Canon 90D is uh, uh, rated for 120,000. That's a lot of shutter actuations, right? 120,000. The Canon 5D Mark IV, 150,000. The Canon 7D Mark II, which is you know an older camera between all of those. But it it's clear that it was it was targeted toward a, a prosumer market because it could it's it's rated for two hundred thousand shutter actuations. And then the Canon One DX Mark III, kind of the flagship professional camera, it's rated for five hundred thousand shutter actuations. Nikon D thirty four hundred consumer camera hundred thousand actuations. Nikon D seven fifty hundred fifty thousand. Nikon D eight fifty two hundred thousand. And Nikon D5, that flagship professional camera from Nikon, 400,000 actuations. Uh, Pentax K7, uh, 100,000 actuations. Sony A6500, kind of the consumer version of the Sony lineup, the Sony Alpha series is 200,000. The Sony A7R3, 500,000. And the Sony A9, 500,000. So again, that doesn't mean that if you shoot the, uh, the Sony A7R3 and you've got 499,000 shutter actuations on that camera that you only have a thousand left. No, that's, that's not how it works. They're all going to last different amounts of time. It's just in general, the, this is kind of where they expect them to fail. And I, I really think they fudge it a little on the low ends that you probably can expect even to go beyond this, uh, somewhat. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's interesting how they publish that, but it, it, the thing I want you to get out of this episode is your shutter inside your camera is going to fail at some point. It seems then like this would be an important thing, and that's kind of another part of this episode that I want to talk about. But let's first talk about like what what happens then. How, how would a photographer know that like, oh, my shutter just failed. That's what's going on here. Um, I think there's probably two common ways that you may observe this. It may be very dependent on the camera. Uh, I can't say that it's it's always these two things, but I have had a lot of listeners ask questions, especially in the Facebook group, about this, and uh, and being been able to like track down that it ended up being that the shutter failed. Um, I we had several interactions. I tried to go through the group and kind of find those conversations so that I could pull, because I've, I've seen some sample images, um, but I couldn't really, like Facebook search wasn't good enough to, to bring those to the surface for me. So, and I wasn't going to go through, we have a lot of conversations in that Facebook group. So I wasn't going to go through that. But uh, the first way that I think a photographer might suspect their shutter as being failed would be if the sound or speed of the shutter changed. Now, if you think about it, if you've shot all all the shutter counts on your camera, um, if you're getting up to 100,000 shutter actuations, you probably are really familiar with how the shutter sounds normally, how fast that shutter moves, especially if you're shooting in a drive mode of like a continuous shooting mode. Even if the cameras only do like eight frames a second in continuous, there's a certain kind of cadence and, and uh, sound that you are going to be very accustomed to. You're going to know what that sounds like. And you're going to know when it sounds different. You're going to be like, that's not right. <laughs> Whatever just happened, that's bad. Um, maybe the the pace of it changed or it kind of like sticks sometimes. The shutter kind of feels like it's sticking. 
that is a really good indicator that your shutters failed. Um, the other way that I've seen it, and this is what we've seen in the Facebook groups, uh, where images that were shared were like, what is going on with this image? I don't understand. It's it's happening on some and not others, and and it seems to be getting worse. I mean, all of those kind of describe a mechanical sort of failure too, where you know that shutter, there's this precision that has to happen, and if the shutter's got enough stress that it can't keep maintain that precision all the time, you're going to see it affecting the image. And the way it would be is like inconsistent exposure. If you have uh, black bars, like areas of a frame where it's really underexposed, where it looks like it's underexposed, may, might be where the curtain was, where the curtain was like stuck. And therefore it blocked, you know, gathering the photons to the sensor. And it looks like this black bar, uh, maybe similar to like a, a max sync speed with flash and like the shutters are in the way. That's not where shutters fail. That's just kind of how flash works. There's only a certain shutter speed that you can go to and, or you end up with the curtain blocking the flash. And so it might look somewhat like that. It may be in like inconsistent ways um, or even on the other side, it could be white bars. Like the, the shutter isn't moving like it needs to. And at some point in the frame, it got too slow and now it's overexposing a piece of the image. And so it's like a white bar or white line or white area that's showing up in the images. It's just like if there's inconsistent exposure across the frame and you're not shooting flash, uh, probably more likely to happen at higher shutter speeds too, then um, then that's probably a good indicator that just shutters failed. It just can't maintain the precision that is necessary for the shutter to work, to function properly. And again, you got to go watch that video. <laughs> I know I've said it several times, but just to understand what level of precision we're talking about here, it's amazing to me and, and amazing to me that it'll last as long as these, they say that it will, how many shutter actuations you get before that shutter is expected to fail. It's crazy. All right. So all of this, I think hopefully you're like, maybe some, a lot of you have never even thought of this, but I, hopefully you're like, yeah, okay. I think I would be interested in knowing how many shutter actuations have I put on my camera. You're probably interested in knowing like, how do I find it? Like these numbers and how, like how many shutter actuations my shutter and my camera is rated for, as well as how do you find out how many shutter actuations you put on the camera? So uh, as far as finding the rating for your camera, again, it, it seems hit or miss a little bit. It seems like uh, Canon, Nikon, Sony, Pentax, they, they readily publish the shutter actuation expect lifespan with the cameras. And so you can just go to Google, you can put in like your camera model, make model and put in just like shutter lifespan on the end. And Google will probably like just immediately show you what the, the actuation count is expected to be for the shutter inside that specific camera model. Um, some of them don't publish it at all. Like I couldn't find anything from Fuji, just nothing. So that, that is a, a difficult thing there. I would just, again, assume along the lines of consumer oriented models, cameras designed for and priced for like, you know, hobbyists, consumers who are beginning into photography, they're less expensive kind of models. There's probably somewhere around 50,000 to a hundred thousand, something like that. Now I, I think early on, some of the shutters were only rated for as many as like 30,000 or so, but anything you're getting within the last 10 or 15 years, as I've looked through things and as I was researching all of this, it's almost always a hundred thousand minimum, 
but it could be slightly less. It could be around 50. Anyway, though, that's what you should expect out of those models in general, right? So if Fuji doesn't publish it, I'm guessing that's the Fuji shutters are going to be somewhere in there. Um, if it's more of a prosumer model, so something like a Canon 5D Mark IV, a Nikon D750, uh, something in that range, then you're probably more like somewhere between 120 and 200,000 shutter actuations. And if it's the professional line, the ones, the, these are like the flagship, most expensive models from the manufacturer, that's where you're going to get to the 400,000, 500,000 range. So that's just a, a general guideline I would give you for Cami manufacturers that do not publish the shutter actuation count that they expect out of the shutters in your camera. And so that you can kind of have a, a general idea. All right. So how do you check this? <laughs> how do you find out how many shutter actuations have happened on your camera? It seems like, you know, there a lot of manufacturers are publishing this number about how many shutter actuations you're going to get or you should expect out of your camera. And it's a pretty critical piece to having everything work with your camera. Shutter is a core component that goes into exposure. You you cannot take good photos if your shutter doesn't work right. That's it's going to be a massive problem. And we'd pro we'd all want to I think understand like how close are we to this thing potentially being a problem? Again, there's no guarantee. Like it, it could fail at 20. <laughs> 20 shutter actuations. It's the that's the way it works. It could totally fail way early. It could or it could go way past. But Good to, I think, I, I like having this kind of information. It, to me, it's really similar to like checking the mileage on a car. If you're going to buy a used car, the miles on the car on the odometer is a really good indicator about like how much use or how much life is left in the car. We're, we're all really familiar with that. Same thing here, I think, with shutter actuations. It's a really good indicator about how much life is left in the shutter. And something that I would want to know, especially if I was buying a used camera, I'd want to know how many actuations. And it's not just the shutter actuations. It's also a good indicator about like, well, how much general usage has this camera had? All the other components, if, if it's a DSLR, how many times that mirror flipped up and down, which actually some cameras track separately from the shutter actuations uh, because that shutter going or the mirror going up and down, that happens even when you don't press the shutter button, like going into live view or shooting video, your that mirror's flapping up and down. So there's kind of a, a lot of DSLRs track those two things independently, the shutter actuation count and the mirror up count. And some of the software I've tested can show both, which is interesting. But it's a good indicator kind of use, abuse. <laughs> if you are looking at a camera, a used camera, and even if it's like, let's say it's like two years old, right? And you can get the seller to tell you how many shutter actuations they've had. And it's had 200,000 actuations over two years. That's a lot of use. That that camera's been hammered. <laughs> the camera has been driven. This is not the little old lady driving the car to uh, church every Sunday kind of usage. This is every day pounding that camera. And there might not be a whole lot of life left in that camera, depending on the model, of course. And uh, so it's a good indicator. It's something I think we all want to know. What I don't get then is why camera manufacturers don't want to make this readily available to us. They just, they don't. Uh, all, for almost all cameras, I would think 
this would just be in the menus. You just would go to the right, like camera information menu, and it would have the shutter actuation count or the shutter count. And it's almost not existent in any of the menus. Almost no camera supports it easily as a photographer just going through the menus to go and find this number. And that just dumbfounds me. Why don't they do that? They publish these numbers and yet they make it harder for us to get the count that's happened on the cameras. Um, so let me go through a few of the different manufacturers. I have to be very generic here and I obviously don't have every camera from every manufacturer to be able to test it, all of this stuff. So it's, it's, I have to be very general <laughs> with what I'm going to tell you here, but I'm going to share with you kind of by manufacturer, how it is you can get the shutter count or if it's even possible. So let's talk about, uh, let's start with Olympus and Panasonic because they are the ones that are getting closest to having that in the, in the menus. It's uh, not officially a supported feature. Um, so it's not, you're not going to just find it by perusing through the menus or it's not even going to be in the user's manual about how to do this. These are, there are some hidden service menus. They're kind of designed for repair professionals, for Olympus and Panos, authorized repair personnel to, uh, to be able to get this information as part of maybe warranty processing or who knows. I don't know why they feel like they, uh, they really need it and photographers don't, but the point is it's actually totally accessible to photographers. There's some button sequences that you have to do again, not in the user's manual. Um, it's cool to me to hear that, you know, we've discovered this, maybe it's just been shared by some of those authorized repair professionals, what you have to do. But, um, there's a really good resource from Peter Walkenhorst's really excellent. I think it's Apotelite. I don't know how you'd pronounce it exactly. Um, he has a, a website, apotelite.com. It's A-P-O-T-E-L-Y-T.com. And that, the link will be in the show notes because I know that's really a difficult word. I, I'd never seen it before I found this resource as I did this research for this episode. But Peter, he started this website uh, doing a whole bunch of research and testing on his own. I just This really goes to my geeky, nerdy heart. He's really seriously geeky, nerdy too, and has done some amazing kind of testing and has amazing data. But it was on the Leica's um, Apotelite range of telephoto lenses. And he started that back in 2011. He just kind of got into looking at these lenses and analyzing them and getting a whole bunch of data about them. And and, uh, and he, he created a website dedicated to sharing the information that he was finding as he was doing the testing. Well, since 2011, he's expanded a lot on the site. It's no longer focused solo, solely on this like a range of uh, telephoto lenses. He does a whole bunch of lens kind of stuff, but a, a portion of the site ha- is dedicated to shutter actuation counts from cameras. And it's a really cool site, so you'll you want to go check it out. But for Olympus cameras, I'll have a link in the show notes to where you can go on his site where he has the by model different kind of button sequences that you have to do in order to get to the menu that shows the shutter count. It's there in the firmware and you can expose it via these hidden service menus that are not published in the user's manual. And he's got them um, written down on his website about how to do it by, by camera type. He also has the same for Panasonic Micro Four Thirds and Panasonic L-mount cameras. So these are the only two manufacturers I know of that offer this, except for a Fuji model. <laughs> the Fuji X-T100 series, 
um, they actually offer it right there in the menus. Like it's the only, not any other Fuji camera supports it. It's kind of just a, a weird thing. The Fuji X100 series cameras just have it user accessible in the menus. And it's the only one I have seen where that's the case. So there you go. Olympus and Panasonic, if you shoot those two, it's possible on most. I can't say all because I just don't have experience with all of them. But it's good to go check out his site. And if, if you're interested in getting it, then you can get it there. Um, I don't think if it's if your specific Olympus or Panasonic camera model doesn't have a button sequence listed on his site that gets to these hidden service menus, I think you're out of luck. I haven't seen that Olympus or Panasonic do any support any other way to get to this number. So uh, other than I, I think every one of the camera manufacturers, if you send in the camera for servicing of some kind, whether it's like cleaning or a tune up or, uh, you know, something like that, um, you can ask. And I think you do have to ask, but you can ask that you, they also give you the shutter count on the cameras and they will report that to you. I've seen that consistently across every resource I've looked at over the last couple of weeks that if you service the camera, the manufacturer has the ability to get the shutter count from all of their cameras. It's, I just don't get why they won't easily share it with us. But all right. So now the next best method, I, I, I really wish all the camera manufacturers put this just in the menus, but the next method that is, you know, still pretty easy. I, I still fine. If I, I wish there was universal support for this and that, that would be great. But there's, uh, there's something called EXIF data, if you've never heard of that before. Every time you take a picture, uh, a photo with your camera, there's, um, there's some data written to, like, inside, embedded inside the image that talks about, you know, like, what camera took the picture, what lens was on the camera, what your settings were on the camera, a whole bunch of date time. That's all called EXIF data. And, uh, or sometimes people call it metadata that's stored into the, the, the photos. It's data about the photo. And some cameras, most from Nikon, Pentax, and Sony, most cameras, maybe all. I just hesitate in saying all because these can't, the, the manufacturers seem so stingy with this information that, you know, any of them could suddenly decide this model camera is not going to do it anymore. Um, they may decide like, hey, that's a pro feature, not a consumer feature, and our lower end cameras are no longer going to do it, whatever it is. I just can't say all. But... From what I've looked at here in 2020, all nearly all Nikon, Pentax, and Sony cameras allow you to pull the shutter count, how many shutter actuations have happened on that camera from the EXIF data in a photo. So you all you have to do is take a photo, and I highly recommend that you switch to JPEG if you normally shoot RAW for this purpose, for getting the shutter count, switch to JPEG temporarily, Take a photo of nothing. Like it, it needs to be a photo of zero value <laughs> because you may upload it to a website. And uh, and then, you know, take it off the camera and upload it. Now, I say JPEG because there's a lot of EXIF readers out there, but um, they may not work with RAW files. There, it's far more likely that everything's going to work with a JPEG image. The hesitation I have with recommending that is it may be the case that the shutter count only ends up in a raw file versus a JPEG. But I would first try a JPEG and uh, and upload it because it's far more likely that the, a, a, a tool you might use, a website you might use, is going to be able to give you the EXIF data off of a JPEG than it is a raw file. 
Um, although the resources I will have in the show notes all seem to support the raw files from the cameras from, from Nikon, Pentax and Sony cameras. So, um, so you'll, you'll have to decide the, the other reason to do a JPEG is you're uploading an image. And if you need to upload a 50 megabyte file, raw file from a Sony camera, or I don't know what they are. They're, they're really big. This is going to take some time and bandwidth and, it's just going to be a lot easier if it's a JPEG. So I recommend you start with a JPEG, see if you can get the number. If you can't, then maybe try the same with a raw file and make sure it's still taking a picture that is meaningless, like not worth anything. A picture of the wall, a picture of the sky, <laughs> something like that. Um, so that the only reason you have that image is to try to get the shutter count. And there's nothing of value because you might be uploading to a website. And there's three websites that I can recommend that I tested pretty thoroughly. I have raw images from, from Nikon and Fuji cameras and Sony cameras, and I tested it, and they all pulled the shutter count from the cameras that I tried. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and that is, uh, I'll have them in the show notes, but it's cameraShutterCount.com and ShutterCounter.com, and then this um, apotelite.com from Peter Walkenhorst that I just mentioned. He also has a little uh, place where you can w- upload the image to his website and be able to pull that data. And they all, they all do a good job with this. Now um, there's also, so those, those are three websites. There's tons of them. Uh, there's a whole bunch that I was looking at as I was going to do it. Um, some of them didn't seem to work with newer cameras. Um, some of them seem to struggle with RAWs. They, some of them even said we only support JPEG. That's it. And probably because of a, like a bandwidth thing, they don't want to pay for these big files to be uploaded to their website. They don't, they, they'd rather keep them down to JPEGs. So I can tell you that those three are great. And those are the ones that I would try and, uh, and, and go from there. If you don't, if you're uncomfortable in uploading an image or you just don't want to have to worry about going to a website to check it and uploading something. There is a tool, it's really good, called exiftool.org or from exiftool.org. It produces, there's executables there that you can get that um, gives you an exiftool.exe or, or exiftool package on Mac. So there's, it's available for Mac, PC, and Linux. And once it's, it's, but it's command line, it's done. There's no pretty UI. There might be other pretty UI things that wrap this tool, this EXIF tool. Um, I have, I didn't go look at those. I know there are some out there, but EXIF tool is a command line thing. So it's a little nerdy to, to use it. It takes a little geeky knowledge to be able to figure out what to do, but then it totally works. You can just use the command line, read the EXIF data from a raw, a, a massive amount of raw files. It has huge support for raw files and, uh, and do it all locally on your computer. Okay. Now I also want to mention before we move on from this, that there are some Fuji cameras that also support this. It's just a much smaller uh, number of Fuji cameras compared to Nikon, Pentax, and Sony, where it looks like it's nearly all, if not all. It's not the case with Fuji. So Fuji seems to have made a decision that anything released after 2017, there's a good chance you can do this with their, their photos and get the shutter count out of the EXIF data. It's not universally true though, because I have a Fuji, I have images from a Fuji X-T3 and there was no shutter count in the raw file. I checked the raw. Um, I didn't even have JPEGs from it. I didn't shoot any JPEGs. Uh, but the raw files that I shot from a Fuji X-T3 that I rented, uh, did not have the shutter count in there. So there's, <laughs> there's that there's, so it's very hit or miss on the Fuji cameras. 
Um, if it's post 2017, there's a chance, a, a decent chance from what I've read that it's going to be in the EXIF data of that camera. If it's a camera, a Fuji camera prior to 2017, there's almost no chance that it's going to be in there. So you, you, you're out of luck. And as far as I've been able to tell, if it's not in the EXIF data from the Fuji camera, there's not another way to get this number from a Fuji camera other than what I already mentioned, sending it in for service, having it checked, which I would never, it seems silly to do it just to get the shutter count. I wouldn't want to do that. But if, if you have like, I really want to get this camera cleaned well, or I really want to have them look at the, uh, whatever, whatever might be wrong with it. If you're sending it in anyway, you may as well put in the request. Like I want the shutter count from this camera and, and see if they'll give that to you. Um, okay. So there you go. There's, there's the cameras that might work with EXIF data probably will work for Nikon, Pentax, and Sony might work for Fuji doesn't work for anything else as far as I can tell. Okay. How about Canon cameras? We haven't talked about them yet, right? They, they don't support it in menus. They also don't support it in the EXIF data. Well, not entirely true. There's, it looks like there were like nine models, <laughs> nine models of Canon cameras where at some point prior to 2011, so nine mile, non, nine models, easy for me to say, produced, manufactured, released, sorry, before 2011, where some of them, those nine models, had, were putting it in the EXIF data, although it, it looks like if you have if you're running the latest firmware for those models it doesn't put it in the exif data anymore canon clearly made a decision around 2011 that they were not going to make this data available in the exif data they had a few camera models that supported it for a little bit like this little tiny period of time and if you're running the latest firmwares on your cameras it's probably not going to work at all so the method that we just talked about uploading a photo to a website or using EXIF tool on your computer to pull this information, not going to work for a Canon camera uh, for uh, unless you have an old firmware on an old camera. Um, okay. So what can you do? Uh, can you get the actuation count? Um, I haven't seen anything with like hidden service menus. It's certainly not available in the user menus. So, but there is a way to do it. <laughs> there, there is a way to make it so that you can get the shutter actuation count from a Canon camera. I tested this really thoroughly because um, <laughs> I have Canon cameras and I wanted to see how to do this. And it was really easy to get the count from my Canon 7D Mark II. That one, um, so the way you do this, let's start there. The way you do this is through software you run on your computer. It has to be an application that you're going to run on your computer and you have to connect the camera to your computer via USB, which Almost every Canon camera I know of supports that. They have a USB connector. There's different types of USB connectors, so that can be a challenge. And if you don't haven't found your cable, that can be uh, really fun to go and figure out how do I get a cable that goes from my camera to my uh, my computer. But um, there's it's possible. I've bought cables because I couldn't find mine, and I've been able to to get them. So it's very possible to still get a cable today to be able to connect your camera to your computer. I also recommend that you get the Canon drivers installed on your computer. So there's drivers, the EOS utility driver for both Mac and PC that you can download and install and do that before you try to use any software on the computer to try and read this information. So what's, what's going on here. And I think it's the true with all of these cameras. 
I think all of these cameras track the shutter actuation count in the firmware of the camera. They all have a place for that. They just don't expose that to photographers. Um, and so what this software does is it uses the USB drivers to talk to the camera and try to pull that firmware, that shutter count from the firmware. As far as I can tell from what I've read, there's no official support for this. This is not Canon did not officially put into the SDK the developers might use to pull this number. It's been reverse engineered by some, you know, really smart folks, really smart developers to be able to kind of figure out how to pull the number. And um, so there's, there's two downsides to this method, which is pretty much the only method that's going to work with most Canon cameras. And that's uh, the, the, the two downsides. First one, you're going to have to license the software. There are tools that advertise free uh, my experience here in late 2020 is it's only free if there are fewer than a thousand shutter actuations on the camera, which means it's like almost brand new. <laughs> so if you got a brand new camera and you want to validate like, yeah, nobody's been pushing the shutter button on this camera and it's had fewer than a thousand, then you might be able to get the shutter count for free. But th- I haven't, I haven't found it. Um, the second Negative. So the first is you're going to have to pay some money for this. It's not going to come for free. The second is they all are a little bit sketchy <laughs> because I mean, this is like I just said, this is not software that is um, using supported SDK like Canon. Canon's trying to hide this from people. And so it's just it's a little shady. The software comes usually from an international developer. I didn't find anything that was like us-based software developer and that doesn't necessarily mean a problem for sure but this is software you have to run on your computer coming from an a relatively unknown source and i can't guarantee there isn't malware in this stuff now i've used it i've tested a whole bunch of these i wanted to see what worked and what doesn't there's a lot of these tools that don't work for a lot of new cameras and um but i wanted to test it some of it did feel pretty sketchy, but in general, I felt like I was okay in installing this stuff and using it. But I want to make that massive caveat out to everyone listening. Like I cannot vouch for them. I cannot guarantee your computer won't have malware or have some other kind of problem resulting from installing the software because it's just a little bit on the sketchy side for most of it. And then what there is one app that is delivered through the Mac app store apple's mac app store that one i feel very comfortable with because it's uh apple's done the due diligence they are providing a lot more assurance it's not guaranteed but a lot more assurance that there's not malware in it and it works really well it was it was good so i if you if you are interested in going through the effort to get your canon camera shutter actuation count and it does take some effort then um, you need to check out my photo taco article that I just published here late in, well, actually it's first of November, 2020. And it's called getting shutter actuation count from Canon cameras. And I did, I have a massive blog post that goes through the various ways you can try to do this and the software that I, I was able to try, which ones didn't work. Cause there's, there's many of them that didn't work in, spe- especially um, like there's this delineation there. It worked on cameras, Prior to, it looked like around 2017, 
anything released prior to 2017, it looked like that would work, but anything post that it didn't. Canon probably made a change in the SDK and uh, and it, it doesn't work on older cameras or sorry, on newer cameras. So I have all of the detail of the information over in that blog post. I didn't want to go through all of it here on the Canon stuff specifically, but because it's it's just a lot of information, but it is possible to get the shutter count from, I'm going to say nearly all Canon cameras. I think the tools that worked across both my Canon 7D Mark II and the Canon 80D, that they're, the change that Canon made happened between the, the release of those two cameras because the software, some of the software worked with the 7D Mark II but failed with the 80D. So I know the software that works between both of them I've seen support lists that have a huge number of models. Uh, the only cameras, Canon cameras that were really obvious that weren't on the supported list for the software that worked was the R5 and R6. And that's probably just because they're, they're so new that um, the developers are trying to you know, figure out, can I pull it or uh, their sites haven't been updated. So it may even work with them. I don't know. Um, so uh, that, there is that. If you're interested in doing it, there's a resource to go check it out, and it, it's going to definitely take a little effort, but it, it might totally be worth it. it. The licensing for the software is not very expensive, so that's that's a good thing, uh, five or seven bucks for the software. And then, uh, and if you're selling a camera, might well be worth it. Just like your ability to sell the camera probably goes up if you have the shutter count from your camera and be able to share that. There you go. That's what I wanted to walk through in this episode to be able to um, to, to share with what I've been working on, what I've been thinking about. Uh, some of this came from Facebook listeners that were asking, like, how do I get the shutter count from my Canon camera? And that just made me dive into the topic, and I wanted to create like you know a current resource because there's a lot of resources that are dated out there on the internet, and I wanted something to be fresh that I could point to because I've I've seen this question come up a few times in the Facebook group. So. Now you have the information and why it is I think you should care about the shutter actuation count of your camera. I want to remind you that masterphotographypodcast.com is the home for the show and you can go find all the show notes, all the links that I've talked about here, um, which were, there were a lot of them that you're going to want to check out. You can do that. You can join the Facebook group over at Master Photography Podcast. I, I have to apologize. Um, I've been ill for a while and you might be able to tell from my voice I'm still a little bit <laughs> on the edge. Uh, and, and so I hadn't been moderating stuff in the Facebook group and it's been a little bit, so be, patience with me, please, that, that, uh, if, if you've experienced, like, uh, there hasn't been a lot of updates and, and for putting the podcast out a little later, um, I just didn't feel well enough to be able to actually record a podcast for, for a little bit. So I'm back now. I'm feeling good enough to do it. It's a little bit of a struggle still, but but I'm back now and, and I anticipate being able to uh, maintain the release schedule of the episodes that we've been having. You can follow us on Instagram at Master Photography Podcast and love to have you tag us on your images so we can follow some of your work. And uh, you can find my work over at jsharmanphotos.com or check out my other podcast, phototacopodcast.com. I haven't released an episode for a little bit. Again, I got sick, so that that delayed that. But I've also been thoroughly testing um, autofocus micro-adjust, AFMA, again. Like I've done it a few times, but I'm 
refreshing it. There's new software available. Uh, Rikon Focal has a, a beta version of software available. So I'm, I was testing that really thoroughly. And, um, and I've just found like some inconsistency that I really had to root out and I had to test and test and test. And uh, so it's taken a lot longer than I had expected to be able to get through that information. But I'm going to be releasing an episode very soon, a Photo Taco podcast that uh, will be able, that's going to walk through AFMA and and kind of some more detail than I've even had on the website to this point or, or other episodes. I think I've done two other episodes on AFMA and, and I'm going to do a, another one that is way more thorough, <laughs> more topic there. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'll have all those links in the show notes as well. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, apologize that we've missed a couple of weeks for releases of the episode. I I really want to keep a constant uh, cadence in, in releasing those episodes, but I just didn't feel well enough to do it. So there you go. I hope you enjoy this episode, and we'll see you all again in another seven days. Bye.